0: We invite you now to join our conversation, an instrument of healing, as we share how each of us can grow through times of illness, grief, and loss. Our wish is through these words you will discover a healing community that promotes insight, reignites hope, and nurtures peace. Welcome. Hello, everybody. This is Jeffrey Cloninger, your Conversations with Kelly podcast host. I'm here with Kelly Grosslogs, as usual.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome,
0: welcome, welcome. And today we have a very, very special guest joining us via telephone. He is the co founder of the Refresh Network, uh, a safe space to talk about mental health. He's also a producer on Care 11 in Minneapolis, one of the television networks. And he is a great friend of Conversations with Kelly, Brian Pyatt, joining us today. Hey, Brian.
2: Hi, friends. So honored to be here with you.
1: Great well, to have you here. We are so honored. I think many of um, you know that Brian and I have partnered in um, during this quarantine time, especially. And we have been doing Facebook Lives on Brian's Refresh Network and also on the conversations with Kelly Page. And so, Brian, what a a natural extension and an honor to bring you on to the podcast because this actually will reach even more people that don't necessarily tune into the live. And so when Jeffrey and I were thinking about topics that we wanted to record in, um, in this time frame, one of the things that I think has been so beautiful learning from you is that it is really important to not suffer alone when it comes to our mental health. And so yeah. um, have, having worked so often or for so long in a medical world where people have a lot of physical illnesses, but also mental illnesses. Um, I am I'm astonished at how easily people can walk out on the street and talk about something that physically they are suffering from. But when it comes to mental health, we still have a ways to go in this society. Yeah.
0: So today's topic, oh. of course, is how do we broach that topic? How do we bring it up? How do we tell the people that we love? How do we, in some respects, even talk to ourselves about our own mental health?
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I'd start off, Brian, asking you, um, first of all, is is it important that we open up about it and talk to the people that are, um, we trust? And then secondly, could you tell your story a little bit? Um, walk us through mm-hmm. what, what you experienced. Um, certainly you suffered alone for a long time. Yeah. And then kind yeah. of walk us through your story. That would be wonderful.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think... I think the, the, the short answer to, to the question, is it important to talk about it, is, is absolutely yes. I, I think um, way too many of us are, are, are out there in the world struggling with our mental health and mm-hmm. feeling like it's something that we have to walk alone and that there's something wrong with us and that there's something defective about us. And uh, I think it's one of the biggest myths that our minds try to feed us this kind of idea of, of us being separate from the rest of the world and kind of this idea that the rest of the world has it all pulled together and, and there's something really wrong with me and why can't I just figure out how to, how to show up in the world? And um, I think the more that, that we're able to lean into connection with other people, learn how to talk about it, learn how to let people in, learn how to love other people throughout that process, I think it I think that's like a it's a huge reminder that, that we all as human beings have way more in common mm-hmm. than we do um, our differences. And that's something Kelly that, that you've you've taught me and that you've talked about a lot and I'm mm-hmm. so grateful for that. I so my story is you know, it it I, I think for me with my mental health, I, I you know, I can look back into my childhood and recognize a lot of anxious tendencies and things like that as a kid. But um, I would say that I really started struggling with my mental health when I was in middle school. I had a, I had a panic attack in the, in the lunchroom in, in sixth grade, and mm. I, that, that, uh, ex, that experience of having the panic attack and feeling really like detached from my body and feeling really just overwhelmed with this, this feeling of anxiety was, was terrifying you know, was completely terrifying for me. I had had no idea what was going on back then. And that started a cycle for me of internalizing the struggle and not really knowing how to talk about, you know, the scary things that I was experiencing internally. And so I think that that's when I I look back at my life and that really started a, a a trajectory of me experiencing really tough things inside and not necessarily knowing how to Say to somebody i'm scared or i'm overwhelmed and this feels really like a lot for me right now i need help those mm-hmm. kinds of things i just didn't really develop that uh almost like i didn't develop those neural pathways at, at a very organic pace in my life um and i think to, you know even till today i'm still learning how to how to lean in and talk to people and learn how to how to let other people in on the struggle a little bit more because as i've learned and as, as you guys know it's, it's those moments of vulnerability and it's those moments of of being able to, to be honest about what you're struggling with um, that, that that allow us to kind of tap into all those things that we want in our lives, yes. whether that's love or, you know, relationships and joy and all of those things. So um, a little bit more just about my story. You know, I have, I have a history in, in, in broadcast journalism that, that's that been my career. I uh, was, was incredibly lucky to, to land a job at at, uh, at care 11 in minneapolis um when i was 26 and kind of from the outside looking in appeared to have it all kind of pulled together had the flashy job um and and at the same time really started struggling with a lot of anxiety on the air after a number of years there started um you know having panic attacks on like live television um started to understand some of my struggles with obsessive compulsive disorder and intrusive thoughts and and kind of you know, going through this whole journey of learning how to, how to maneuver that and, and made a decision about a year and a half ago to, to kind of move out from in front of the camera. I was an anchor reporter and have kind of slid into to more of a, a producer role. And that, and that was, was really a decision for me. There was a lot that went into it. It wasn't about trying to run away from any kind of anxiety. It was more about um, trying to put my mental health at the forefront. And I mm-hmm. think ever since I've done that and shared my story, in the Twin Cities, um, I've kind of been on this like mental health coming out story of sorts where I feel like I've just been telling my, my story and sharing some of my experiences, um, tapping into and, and trying to grow this this thing called the Refresh Network, really just with the intention of, of talking about it more and letting other people know out there that uh, no matter what it is that you're experiencing internally in your mind, emotionally, sensations in your body, all of that stuff, um, there's nothing wrong with you and there, there's beautiful tools and there's beautiful ways to maneuver all of this stuff um, for people out there that might be having a hard time.
0: Brian, that's great. Uh, A question that popped up as you were speaking is you were in a very public role, especially being Mm. in front of the camera, yet it sounds like you felt very lonely. I'm leading you a little bit with this Mm. question, but can you talk a little bit about how you might have felt and, and now you've flipped a little into yeah, being behind the camera, what's that like, and and how have you dealt with whatever those feelings may have been when you were in in more of that public light?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I think I think when I was in the more in the public light, I think for a long time, Jeffrey, if I'm being honest, it 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 was it was kind of a a big, almost like ego thing for me in a way. Right. And it felt, it felt really cool to have the flashy job and it felt really cool to say things like I'm on television and it felt really cool to like appear to have it all pulled together. And I think a lot of, a lot of my life was like really wrapped up in just making sure that I appear good to other people. But I think in the process, probably really abandoning who I, you know, who I am mm-hmm. on, on the inside and then, and, and really abandoning and not nurturing and like nourishing myself. And I think what, I think what a lot of this has become now for me is learning how to recognize that like, yeah, like it's fun to have a cool job and it's fun to appear really pulled together and it's fun to get validation from other people and, Um, we, we all experience that as humans, but at the same time, now I'm learning that I also need to learn how to like honor myself and take care of myself and, and not be so overly preoccupied with how does this look for others and, and asking more questions of myself, like, um, how does this feel for me? Does this feel like in line with who I am? Am am I living a life that I feel good about and that I feel like, um, is, is nurturing things like being in, 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 in a relationship and just like loving the people around me and just really, I think like simplifying is kind of how it is kind of how it feels. Mm-hmm. And that's been a big adjustment and that's been a really big shift for me. But, um, this whole, you know, that whole stepping in front of the camera every day, struggling with having panic attacks, getting really short of breath, like just not feeling super like connected to the work that I was doing. I mm-hmm. think doing that for so many days, you know, just day in and day out of that, over the course of years, I think really just took a toll. And it Sounds was like, my, um, yeah, it was just like my body eventually was just like, we got to make a change here. Mm-hmm. You know, like life is too short to be, to be just completely blasting your, your nervous system every day like that. And, and, and then not feeling um, and just feeling so like out of alignment with who I truly am.
1: Yeah. You know, I, as I'm listening to this, I have a couple things. First of all, I've heard your story Often. And every time I hear Mm -hmm. it, Brian, I I hear something different. And Mm. as I'm listening to you today, um, probably because I'm not actually in front of you. Normally I'm in front of you or next to you, as you're telling us. But so I'm really, really listening. And the interesting thing for me as I'm hearing you is I think, oh, the story is so hard to think about having the panic attacks and, and being a little guy in middle school, which is hard enough and all of those things, which is so scary, but really where, where I go right now is I feel so badly that it was so silenced because if you were having stomach aches every day, you would be able to go home and talk to your parents about that. And so that really hit me that like, how many of our kids, our school age kids are suffering Probably many. Totally. Um, and then secondly, I think you said something very profound, um, which, well, you said a lot that was profound. But the the thing that <laughs> stuck with me is how we abandon ourselves when we oh. silently suffer. And that totally. how so much of life's issues could become maybe more clear for us if we truly sit back and ask ourselves, is this for my highest good? Or... Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you've heard me talk about this. Jeffrey's heard me talk about this. But people's worthiness gets wrapped up into this. Like, they already feel like they're not worthy. And now do they want to bring more to, um, do they want to expose themselves more to also Mm. feed into that story? And as you continue now um, in this interview, I'm hoping that we get to the point where, because I actually think, and I've said this many times, like, I thought you were very effective As an anchor, but I think you're definitely changing the world more now and have more Mm. notoriety as the refresh co-founder and um, and the person you're doing because and this isn't anything against the news media, but it's it's it impacts people like it's more realistic to think that somebody on a mental health platform would be Mm. able to change people for the better than really mm-hmm. anything we could watch um on any network, right? So yeah.
2: But the abandoning well,
1: I think, um the abandoning you know, piece. Well Go I was ahead. just thinking the abandon, you know, abandoning yourself is really something I'm holding on to with this. Like that mm-hmm. is a really key piece when we suffer silently with our mental yeah. health or even our, I mean, anything that we suffer from. And yeah. then you you brought up love a couple times, and that's one of the conversations with Kelly, platform signature cornerstones is that love is what matters most. And, and really, I have not yeah. met a problem yet in this world that can't not necessarily cure or make it go away, but that can't somehow soothe and hold space um, when we approach it with love.
2: Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And that's, I, um... I've been coming back to that a lot in my own life. You know, I I can get really up in my head, uh, like trying to figure things out. And, you know, and and a lot of that is, you know, some of the struggles with I think my mind is is obviously much more prone to anxiety and obsessive thinking and ruminating and all of that. And it has helped me, I think, recently to just kind of recognize when when my mind is starting to go there. And then also just like try to get more into like my heart space, Mm -hmm. you know, and just like because I think that's truly who we are. You know, is that, 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 that space that's that's in our hearts and that's in our chest. And, and those are, I'm finding those can be two very different things. You know, mm-hmm. like what my mind is telling me versus like what, um, my heart is telling me can mm-hmm. be two totally different things. And I think it's, it's a, it's a skill and it's a, it's a practice of learning how to like lean more into that and like show that compassion for other people and like love other people. And in a, in a way. I think it almost kind of simplifies life in a way, you know, Absolutely. if we can just be a little bit more compassionate to other, towards other people and the people in our life, um, it, it let some of that other noise just kind of wash away in a mm-hmm. sense, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's so, so talk to us a little bit about, um, when you, like what got you to the point where you decided I have to let somebody in on this struggle?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, um, it's definitely not like I never talked to people, I think about my struggles. I mean, I've had friends along the way that I've talked to about this stuff and I've had, um, you know, partners that I've, that I've talked to about it a little bit and and things like that. So, so I've let, I think people in a little bit along the way for sure. Um, I think I, you know, what, what was the big change for me when I made this decision you know to like move off the air I mean I I literally have gotten to a point one Saturday afternoon where I was I was so overwhelmed just so completely like tapped out that I mean I was like crying on the the floor of my condo just like kind of having this realization that like something needs to shift you know and like something needs to um something needs to change here I need to like start listening and honoring myself and recognize that um, this whole stepping in front of the camera every day thing and doing, trying to do that kind of almost like for the, the, the appeasement of other people, like mm-hmm. just that needs to stop. You know, it's like, I, what am I doing here? Um, and, and so I, I've found that I, I in no way want this to sound like I all of a sudden have it like mastered, like letting people in. That is still something that to this day is one of my, my, the, the greatest works of my life. And I think for all of us, I think we're on that journey of learning how to let people in. But what I have learned Kelly and you've taught me this is that mm-hmm. it only takes one person. Mm-hmm. It takes, it takes sometimes one person that that you can learn how to say to them, you know what, I'm having a really tough day and I'm feeling really overwhelmed and I don't necessarily want to get into all the details of it right now. Maybe sometimes I do, but, um, you know, I just I think that simple act of yes. of finding one person in your life that you can shoot a text to even and say it's been a hard day and allowing one other person on the planet to know that you're you're struggling and that you're having a tough day, I think is so profound. Because for, for so many years, mm-hmm. you know, I've 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 kind of my, my default setting is to try to just internalize and go it alone. And and what I've recognized is that the cost of doing that is, is, just far too big anymore. It is. I mean, it, 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 it it's, it's robbing me of, of being in deep connection with people and leaning into relationships and learning how to just like enjoy my life, you know? And, and so, and that, and that, that cause that, that, that requires a lot of vulnerability and a lot of getting outside of our comfort zone. But um, what, what I always encourage people, if you hear one thing from this is that or two, if you can find one or two, and you always tell me that too. That maybe we'll. I always try to say if we impact one person when we talk, Kelly, it's it's worth it's worth it's worth it. And then I know you always try to remind me that maybe we'll go for two. <laughs> I,
1: you got me. So if yeah, anybody's I mean, listening, okay, then
0: good. hopefully I think you've got <laughs> a you've few got, more. You've
1: got us, so at least it's two.
2: Yeah, as long as Jeffrey's on board, then we're good, um. and I feel good about it. But I, but, but I think what I really want people to hear and maybe something to really work on if it feels really overwhelming, this whole idea of letting people in, is maybe find that one person that you feel safe with and that you can learn how to, when you're having a tough day, a simple text saying, it's been a tough day today, and, and just allowing that person to hear that and, and um, realizing that you don't need to dive into all the specifics. I think that that can be such a profound, just subtle shift in your life oh, yeah. that I think will add up over time to you feeling a little bit more connected to the world around you.
0: You know, there's another thing that I think uh, you can do too if you're not feeling that vulnerable and you're not ready yeah. necessarily to ask for help, you might ask that one person in your life if you can help them. And it opens mm. the door, right? They start the conversation and maybe they're in that space to say, you know what, I've had a hard day. And then suddenly you yeah. find yourself commiserating or talking or relating to one another. And before you know it, boom, there you go. You've got your person who's deflected you in a positive way.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's a beautiful, you're you're absolutely right. Cause some people are not comfortable, right? Like opening up. The one thing I want to say as a a therapist is um, that is a really great place to start is with a therapist or a person of faith, just starting your conversation going, but What I also really want to encourage people is your therapist cannot be your complete everything um, because that therapist, it has certain boundaries. Um, You're not going to be talking to that therapist daily and you, we do want people, I mean, I, I was always so happy and there's certainly things that people would only tell me and that's fine, but I always wanted them to have at least one person outside of our relationship That they could connect with because I think that's really important when it's a five o'clock in the evening and you're struggling. Sure, you can shoot your therapist an email or you can do whatever, but it isn't the same. So I just want to make that clear to people out there that I think it's a beautiful place to start, and a therapist can help you decide um, kind of how you want to approach people with this. But some people are listening today feeling so overwhelmed they can't even think of calling a therapist so oh, totally you know yeah. but if for those that are in therapy or thinking about going to therapy I still really want to encourage you to have that other that one person that is invested in you in a very different way in a very personal mm-hmm. way um that you that can be your two o'clock in the morning that can be your three o'clock in the morning person yes. and I think you know you said it so beautifully Brian about it takes one person because, I've heard many people get overwhelmed that thinking that opening up to, about their mental health means they have to tell everybody in their life. And totally. that's not And we've
0: all met people who do that and that's fine, right? But mm-hmm. sometimes it's a lot and and it's okay just to just to share a certain tiny little tidbit about what may or may yes. not be going well. And that might be enough. Yes.
1: Now, yeah. I know
2: Well, and, and and I think that balance too of um, and Kelly, you and I have talked about this too, is that I, I, um, I know that my mind can sometimes like almost overcorrect in the opposite direction of be like, and be like, I, um, I, I'm i in this mode now of sharing more. So I need mm-hmm. to be sharing all the time and I need to all the time be having these really deep conversations with people. And I think it, it's finding that balance of recognizing that like living on the surface is an okay thing. That's yeah. that, we need that as a human, we need that reprieve from all the, 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 the heaviness and the struggle Um, and that's it's fine to live at surface level. And that's where we do live a lot of our life. It's just like nurturing and kind of growing that muscle that we can go deep and that we can share when we need it. Mm
1: -hmm. And now I know we're also going to be wrapping up here shortly, but the, um, I love that you said in the beginning that your answer is absolutely yes to that. It's important to open up about this. Could you, Brian, talk about maybe what was the most helpful thing? That somebody did or said for you when you decided to, because um, I know you've publicly come out about your mental health. There's yep. this for those of you that haven't seen it. Um, Brian has a wonderful article written about him by Andy Steiner on MinPost, but also a um, a very profound interview by Janna um that you can certainly Google and see it on um, CARE 11. And is it under Breaking the mm-hmm. News?
2: Yeah, you know, uh, well, it actually aired. I think I—I I don't know that it actually—it did air on Breaking the News, but it should just be on the. if You Google it on okay. like the. You can Google my name, and it'll—it'll it'll probably pop up.
0: And we'll put that in the show notes along with Refresh Network, of course.
1: Well, thank you. Be because somebody here in the studio knows how to do that. Um, and it, <laughs> it happens to not be the person talking. And so, but I think what's so profound about that, Brian, it was like the, it was one of the most courageous. And Jeffrey, you've seen it too. And yes. we talked about that. One of the most courageous things to do. And yet, Brian, you, um, another thing that's so interesting is, people that are listening are probably thinking, well, of course he was anxious because being on a, on a TV or being on a a camera is, is anxiety producing. And what a, what an incredible experience because that's where you were the most comfortable at times, right? Like that didn't, that didn't make you necessarily, that wasn't the reason you were having panic attacks was because which most people would. And so people get very confused why they can have a panic attack or why they're anxious in a setting that typically would be comfortable for yeah. them. You know?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I say it in the interview, the, the the TV studio going into the TV studio <clears throat> used to be the place where I felt the most alive and felt the most on and felt like I was like in my own element. And like, I, I was kind of felt on top of the world doing that job for, for so long. And then, Mm-hmm. And then it slowly shifted into this place that I, I I was terrified of and dreaded every single day. I mean, the anxiety that would ramp up for me leading up to showtime when I was anchoring um, got so intense, so so intense.
0: And, and like your body was telling where, you, your body was telling yeah, you, as you said earlier, that it was time for a change.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and and Kelly, I know you and I have talked about this that um, sometimes it's almost like our bodies. It it takes our bodies getting to that point yes. of such intense anxiety to force us to move and make changes Absolutely. in our life. Uh, I
1: Absolutely. Mean, and, I, and, I
2: yes. and I think what I did I did a, I went a number of years ignoring little subtle things along the way telling me, um, hey, maybe there's some adjustments that we need to make here and I didn't do it and I didn't do it and I didn't do it and then all of a sudden it was like I, I really didn't have a choice.
0: They and added my up, body I was,
2: bet was screaming. My my body was screaming at me by the end of it
1: so they say that wisdom is pain healed. Um, and I, and I do think that's, that is very true. Um, not pain that's forced to go away, but the healing process, but what was that? Um, what was that thing? And I, this, this is what we can wrap up with when you decided to approach that person, like what was helpful. So this is going to be helpful for Mm -hmm. the people that are listening that loves somebody that's struggling. Um, what maybe was, and and I know this is just in in your example, but I'm sure if it was helpful for you, um, it could be helpful for other people. Does anything stick out for you?
2: Yep. Yep. You know, the biggest thing that I, that I, I always come back to is, um, that, and by the way, my dog Cooper has decided to sit right next to me. So just ignore the the loud panting going on in the background. But, um, I, what I have, the biggest thing for me and that I always want people to hear is that somebody that's struggling does not need to be fixed. Mm -hmm. They don't need to be told that um, their struggle is just normal and and, and it's not Mm -hmm. a big deal and and just, you know, Hey, think positive and and it's (laughs) fine. I think one of the biggest things that we tend to do, and I get it as human beings, we want to take away people's struggle Mm -hmm. and we want to like minimize it and we want to make them feel better. And we just want to kind of like, shoo it away so that they can go on and live their life. I get that. Mm -hmm. But, but what that does and what my experience has been is that when somebody comes at me and I, I, you know, if I'm having a hard time and I share something with them and they try to like normalize it, it makes me feel like, Oh God, maybe I'm weak. Like maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe this is something that that people are always struggling with and maybe I should just kind of like buck up and, and not make such a big deal about this. I think the normalizing and trying to fix things I think make, it, it diminishes and it minimizes people's struggles. And I mm-hmm. think what we need is people out there that look people in the eye that are struggling and, and say to them, I see you. That sounds really, really hard. And you are incredibly resilient
1: Yes, Absolutely. For, so for showing beautiful.
2: up day in and day out with, with with what you're experiencing. And I'm here not to fix it or to try to pretend like I have any answers, but I'm going to hold your hand and let you know that you're not alone as you walk through it.
0: And holding space for for you,
2: holding space, holding space. You don't need to have, you don't need to have some eloquent response. You don't need to, to tell them, you know, here's the list of all the things that we're going to do to to make all this go away. Um, it's just, it's just recognizing and looking at them and saying, I see you and man, that looks really hard and look at you. You're still showing up day in and day out with this and I love you and I'm here to support you and just let you know that you're not alone.
1: Brian, that is so beautiful. And so, one last thing to the person that's listening to this, that's thinking, okay, maybe I'm ready to open <clears> up. <throat> I haven't been ready. Mm-hmm. Yep. Any words of encouragement or um, as we end here, what, what could yeah. you say to that person?
2: Um, I would say, first of all, there's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Literally, no matter what it is, like whatever it is that you're struggling with, trust me. In my mind, the things that, that my mind comes up with and that I start ruminating on convince me some pretty scary things about myself. And so I would say that um, I'm not in your shoes, but I know what it feels like to feel so full of shame and just hurt and struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would want them to hear that, and I would also want them to know that what our mind is telling us and and the, the anticipation of what are people going to, you know, what are people going to think, and all of that um, tends to be far worse than the experience of just stepping in and being vulnerable yes. and being vulnerable can feel scary. It can feel like a lot. Um, but ultimately, um, I think we all as humans, we're like fighting connection, but it's like what we need the most. So and beautiful. so, uh, you know, so just step in, you are loved, you are enough, you are worthy just as, as you are. And, um, there, 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 there's beautiful people out there in the world that are willing to listen and hold space for you when you're ready.
1: So give people a chance, right? Let them give give them a chance chance. and um, don't write the end of the story um, for these people. And I just, Brian, I'm so grateful. I think we might have to do a take two of this.
0: I think we could have two, three, and four. I want to talk about compassion and loving kindness and returning to yourself. And can you tell we're doing a little promo for what we're going to be doing in the future? Mm -hmm. Brian, this is incredible.
1: So Brian, this has been such an amazing conversation. I want to thank you for your bravery and I also want and your courage. And I want to also say to the people that are listening that this has been a lot of work for Brian. I mean, it's been Mm -hmm. a hell of a ride and now you're, you're a little farther along in your walk and how great that you can show up today for us. And I want to thank Mm -hmm. you so much for that.
2: Yes. Well, thank you guys. We all just keep walking one step at a time. That's
1: right.
0: That's right check Brian out on the refresh network and we will hear everybody and listen and talk to you and be with you on our next conversations with Kelly.
1: Thank you for joining.
0: Thank you for listening to this CWK podcast. It's our hope that these words bring comfort, healing and insight to your life, wherever you are and whatever you're experiencing. Please subscribe and share this episode. You can also follow and like Conversations with Kelly on Facebook. One quick note We've done our best to share some ideas, tips, and techniques to help guide you. This podcast's content is not intended to be a substitute for or constitute professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.
1: We encourage you to seek professional medical advice if needed. Thank you.